Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Hoop podcast. We are back. Uh, first of all, let me apologize. I was in Arizona, didn't have no cool spot to record. I was out, so we missed last week. However, we did tap in on spaces a few times to get y'all, y'all yes, basketball fixed. So we good, but we back in podcast form here with the homie Kings. What's going on with you, bro? Doing good, man. Uh, having fun, you know, with the spaces. I think that's been a really good interactive thing to to tap in with y'all but uh back to the podcast uh, segment. right 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 it was just you know it's just it's fun again right right after a game and get everybody's uh you know quick take on, on what just happened but we back to the to the to the pure form um the lakers died during the temple of hoop uh, <laughs> <laughs> hiatus that was not planned we did not run from the smoke we went right on spaces after yeah the music um but it was just unfortunate how that happened, but we broke that down. So we won't touch too much on that. Um, but we will do the series that are going on now. It's, um, first off, we talked a bit about – we had a spaces about the game one between um, Milwaukee and the Nets. So let's um, start with the, the series that we just saw today. Uh, this morning, ATL goes into Philadelphia, steals mm-hmm. one – Big game, jumped down on them early. It looked ugly. Philly fought all the way back. Actually made a super close leg, took a Bogdanovich three to kind of bury him. They were had one possession game with 30 seconds left. They got a stop, but Bogdanovich buried him. They clear path foul on Embiid. So let's start there, man. What what, what did you see uh, in game one for ATL to steal that one on the road and take home court for the series? Well, from what – from the – because I was, I was in the lab, but I was paying attention – to, to the game, and I was catching a, a bit a bit of the overview. From what I was seeing, the you know, uh, Trey they couldn't stay in front of Trey uh, to start the game. Um, you know, the what the thing with Atlanta is that they're Trey's the engine of offense. If you can't stay in front of Trey, he he kills he kills teams not only with that floater, but just getting the shooters open off his uh, penetration driving kick. Um, he's he's always in control of the ball. Uh, he has he can he like Luca can almost make any pass. I think his size prevents him from hitting certain passes, but he's a very great passer. He's an elite passer in this league. Uh, and, and that got them going early. Um, it got the uh, rhythm. It got the shooters open. Uh, they were hidden. The, 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 the game was lost at the three-point line. Um, but, uh, you know, credit to Doc. They came out with an adjustment second half, came out, put Ben Simmons on Trey. And after they put Ben Simmons on Trey, then they, uh, from what I was seeing, they started trapping, and that kind of spurred the comeback for Philly. Uh, you know, trapping Trey. So, it look, it's Atlanta won this game, right? 
But there's things on film that Philly did that they could look at and be like, all right. I was just heading there. I was like, we can we can get these guys going forward. Right. I was like, I think you you feel okay okay if you're, I mean, they get 47 threes up and hit at 43%. They were up 30. They were up 30 at one point and they won by four. Like that, like you, Atlanta, you did, uh, for Atlanta fans, you did your job. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't know if you can feel too confident of being in total control of this season. I don't see that. Yeah, based on how they ended that. Right, they just like that's incredible. Like I said, this is an unreal three-point shooting. To Philly's credit, they did do better closing out the shooters and rotating. The rotations were a little slow to me in the first half. But yeah. I think that started from the initial putting Danny Green on, on trade. Right, right, I mean? right. I, 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 I think yeah. we both alluded to uh, actually in the in the preview we did in the spaces that we didn't love Danny Green guarding Trey because he, just, he, he couldn't stay in front. So like that showed itself. Also, think you're okay because look, you got you know the good news is Embiid is fine offensively. I'm a little worried about his mobility defensively. Like that showed a lot because mm-hmm. the drop coverage was getting torn apart. But Embiid. He was healthy enough to put up 39, which I think is bodes very well with Philly going forward. Uh, you got a nothing from Danny Green and still were in the game at the end. Um, Simmons had a great game. Yes, he wasn't seeing him be more aggressive. He was seven for seven with 17 points. So he liked mm-hmm. getting to be more aggressive. And you go Tobias Harris gave you 20 and 10. I think they figured out something defensively in the second half. You just got to be active with getting yep. I think you got to be, you can't be a reactionary defender or have a reactionary scheme to trade like and drop coverage is reactionary i'm saying you drop in wait for him to make a decision and then the defense reacts to that you got to be proactive with trey like force him into a decision quicker and don't let him survey what's in front of him at 511 he's too good he's showing yeah. he's too good to let him do that so i think they'll be more aggressive with trey going forward um there was an issue with the referees ben simmons talking about they didn't let him play physical enough he said let's see how they let him play he wants to guard trey more in the second game I actually honestly think I think Matisse did the best job, you know, from what I saw. It's just an issue when you play Matisse and Ben together, it's tough for the unit offensively. So we'll see how 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 much Doc uh can go with that. So you know, I'm looking forward to this series, man. You know, I, I think it's gonna be a six or seven gamer. Like mm-hmm. ATL, like whatever Philly has over them, the shooting is the equalizer, man. They just got a bunch yeah. of guys who just yeah. they can shoot the basketball. And Trey is a 40-point game waiting to happen, depending on how he feels that night. Like, even today, he had 35 and 10, and it wasn't even super efficient. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what he does there uh, in that series. And also, what do you think? So I said something this – I don't know how playable Dwight – we didn't talk about this uh, before, but what Dwight in this series – I mean, the going to play 38 to 40 minutes, but the Dwight minutes were really bad for Philly. And I think it was he was just getting exploited in the pick and roll every yeah. possession he was in. It's it real rough for him. So how do they and, how do they counter that to you in your opinion? How do they counter that? I mean, it's like what they did. They have they have to trap. I mean, you can't switch. Right. You <laughs> can't he can't go out there and dance. You know what I mean? So and you don't want to run drop coverage too too often because you're gonna get killed in that tween area and and you know that and you can risk them getting hot and shooting lights out. So you have to trap and rotate. Like that's if you're gonna play Dwight this series, and you know what I mean instead instead of trying to limit your big lineup to a Gallo, a Collins, and uh, and uh, what's his name, a Capella, and just try to switch everything, you're not gonna limit it to those guys. I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, I was talking about the Hawks. If you, I mean, if you're the six, if you're not gonna limit the uh, bigs to like putting Simmons at the five, and or you know what I'm saying, 
or uh, trying a, a, a smaller lineup with a, either, I don't know, Tobias or whatever, if you're not going to do a small lineup to switch that action, you have to trap. So Philly likes to play the traditional fives, so they have to trap. Like, they have to trap that action if they're not going to do what Lou did, you know what I'm saying, put their four at the five spot or put Ben at the five spot. Right. You have to trap that. Like, right. You have to trap Right, because he played eight minutes and it was minus uh, fifteen and eight minutes. Like, it was bad. It was it was it was in that that little flurry they had in the second quarter. I think it was nineteen zero run. Yeah, they. I think it was the all, the all bench the all bench lineup, right? Right. Now, yeah, I, I, you, you, I, I just uh, that was you know I, I disagree with all bench lineups in the playoffs anyway because just it's, yeah. it's, it's too high stakes. You, you have to stack. You have right. to stack. <laughs> right. It's right. the playoffs. You can't leave them out on the island, man. Right, that, that 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 was a nasty group. But to be fair, Doc didn't make that same mistake in the second half. He staggered guys, and you always should. I think the goal when you have two guys like Simmons and Embiid is to keep one on the floor at all times. I think that's that's definitely possible, especially if they're both playing. You know, thirty seven, thirty eight minutes. It's easy to you know buy five here, buy five there, and keep them both on the floor at the same time. Um, game two of that series, we'll see uh, how Philly responds. I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be Tuesday at four thirty. Uh, Another game we had today, thought it was going to be a barn burn. It was real close. I think they just ran out of gas. Uh, Clippers pull away, win, knock out the Mavericks four to three. Um, Luca was incredible. You got nothing taken away from him. They made they chopped the Clippers down. They made it a rough series. Got up 2-0. I, mm-hmm. I think on the Dallas side, from a competitive standpoint, you definitely feel bad because you go up 2-0, you're up 32-11 at home in game three. And you end up losing the series, like so. You got to understand, like Dallas was very dejected after, so you kind of understand that. Um, my question for you is, what is your takeaway? We'll talk about the game. What is your takeaway on the Clippers? Like, what is your read on the Clippers at this class? You know, they it's a four or five matchup, obviously, but you know there were some highs and lows in this series, and they ended mm-hmm. high. I will say this: after losing the first two, you do win four out of the next four out of the next five. Right, so that does stand for something. You win two, lose one, win the next, or you know what I'm saying, lose, uh, win two, lose one, and then win the next two. So that's you know, you do push it to when you do go win four out of five. Excuse me, I'm sorry. So what's your what's your read on the Clippers going forward? Yeah, man, with the Clippers, you know, like um, you know, for them to really fight back, you know, they were down two zero, literally lost both their home games. Then they went to Dallas and took two of those games. And, and they took those two games, and I think that was a real, I think that was a real mental hurdle that the Clippers cleared in this series. Because if that's the old Clippers mantra, if that's like the Doc Rivers coach team, they are absolutely folded. I yeah, think I, just, I think we are in agreement there. <laughs> like I think you know, obviously Ty Lue put when you get down to that type of hole, right? When you get down to that type of hole, and the other team has the confidence that Dallas had. And they have the elite player that Dallas had in Luca. It's kind of like when, you know, you know, it's kind of like when Lou, like, okay, so you could people want to argue with Luke was the Luca's the best player in the series or not. But then the Clippers <laughs> had the better team, right? So Lou had the advantage of, okay, I kind of have more overall talent. So yeah, we got put in this position, but I can play around with these adjustments to utilize the talent I have to get the proper lineups so that we can maximize this talent. And we can execute what we need to execute to win. That is, you know, using smaller guards like Mon and Rondo to pressure Luca to pick up the dri- to to use his dribble to exhaust his energy, 
and also to that's you know going small, which would then opens up the the floor for Quinlan to have his masterful performances, as well as you know encourages Paul George to be more aggressive because now he's getting more space to drive continuously, and then also you know um, trap going even to the point of just trapping Luca. You know what I mean? Trapping him. Uh, to make him give the ball and say, you know, we're in, in this situation, we're going to make other people beat us here because you're scoring too much. You know, you're keeping up with us. Now we have to make other people win. So he did, he made every adjustment needed. And like, it's like when he was down 3-1 to the Warriors, you know, the Warriors had more talent maybe slightly in 2016 or, or maybe roughly equal, but Tyloo had that equalizer. He had the best player in the series. So he, so his logic was how do I maximize the best player in the series so we can win three straight because we have an advantage here. How do we maximize that advantage? I think he did the same thing with the Clippers. He said, look, we have a better team, regardless of whether Luka's playing better than Kawhi or not. We have the better team. How do I maximize these guys so we can make use of the talent uh, differential that we have to win, to win, you know, for our next five? And he did, he did that. I mean, it takes a coach who's kind of shameless and, 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 <laughs> and not stubborn where he said, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Bench Pat Beverly, absolutely. Hey, Lou Kennard, I've been had you on the bench most of the year, but guess what? We need you right now. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, 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 it takes a shameless coach to be like, you know what, bro? It doesn't matter. Like, we need to win. You know what I mean? And and, and that's what I've always loved about Lou. And I wouldn't, He's, I wouldn't even say shameless. I just like, you know, not too prideful. Like, okay, yeah, let me change. Prideful, yeah. That's and that's what I always liked about Lou was that he's always, you know, he's always been willing to experiment. Like, it's like, man. Let's like it doesn't matter if you lose your way, you know, you still lost in his mind, you know. What right. I mean? It's like, <laughs> let's try to win, you know. What I mean, that's that's the way he's always thinking, right? I just did a number of moves. You brought up a couple, I mean, uh, limiting zoo box play, taking Bat Bat Bev completely out, um, using canard went from DMPs to closing games in this series, like that's crazy to me. Uh, even when Rondo wasn't even getting it done. Lou was a quick was a quick cook with that. He was just more. He was everything like to push every button when you when you down two zero in a series. It's pretty much the coach has to be on the money with every button he pushes. And Lou was absolutely every button he pushed was a pro to whatever Dallas was doing. And I think we both we all counter like so when when they went to Bobin, which was their counter to you know what the Clippers did without a center to try to you know dominate the middle. I think that was a chess match between Carlisle and Lou. I think we both said the same thing. Like, I like Bobin. I don't like Bobin getting post-up possessions. That's that's mm-hmm. just taking the ball. Like, it's not it's not effective for him. And he scored a lot, but every possession that was, that's not an open three, right? He's not scoring every time. So sometimes you're getting stops in this league, not the transition. But go ahead. Go ahead. I think that I think that was a combination of two points. One, Luca was exhausted. Okay, uh, they're yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. find ways to get points without using using Luca's energy. Two, like uh, uh, Jay was saying on the t- on the timeline, uh, they were doing whatever they could to make sure Bobin touched that ball. Right, that's what <laughs> they could to make sure that they were going to try and get Bobin possessions because in their eyes that was a win because yeah. now we don't have to scramble. It's just a simple post up. He either makes it or he doesn't, and we'll right. take our chances with Bobin trying to score. Right, and that is yeah, so. Obviously, this projecting forward, like a lot of people said, you know, it, it, it was a four or five match, but at the end of the day, the Clippers, quote unquote, maybe tanked their way there. So maybe they're supposed to be better, but it was a four or five matchup. And those are usually close series. So, you know, I'll give, I'll give the Clippers that. Hey, but, hey, 
And you know what? Uh, I think people need to understand that the the I told us I was saying this all the time. The Mavericks match up with the Clippers. Right. That's what I'm saying. Match up. I mean, yes, I mean yes. it, it's it's not like you know what I'm saying. It's not like they didn't play them hard last year. Many people think if Porzingis doesn't leave that series, the Mavericks win that series. We obviously see from this year, uh, the the Clippers probably could have lost because of the way. Because I don't think Doc Rivers is going to be coaching how Ty Lue's coaching. But you know no. what I'm saying? So it's like, he, he, it's like no disrespect to Doc, but Doc doesn't remove Pat Bev. He doesn't remove Zubac. Exactly. He doesn't. He doesn't play Canard. Doesn't. He just doesn't push those buttons. Like we can look at Doc's track record and say, definitely say he doesn't do those things. Exactly. Right. So it's like it's like the Mavericks were. An, that's why I don't understand why they were tanking four downs. It's like, bro, you guys have not matched up with these guys in the past two seasons. I don't know why you want this matchup because that's a bad matchup for your team. But thankfully, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird because like they thought that was a good matchup for him, but it actually wasn't. But in doing this and in, in facing this, I think it's mentally prepared them for the actual playoff run to come ahead for, for the Clippers. Right, that's what I was saying. I was like, is this, ironically, is this the type of mental hurdle that the Clippers can, you know, springboard as a foundation into something special? Do you think that's that's potential? Because Absolutely, because I think now that they've won a game seven after folding in last year's game seven, and, and you know what I'm saying, come and doing in the fashion that they did, I think they'll never count themselves out in the series. And, right. I, and I, that is always huge for your confidence for trying to win a series. It was the edge that, you know, the Cavs and, and Braun had in the East, even in the last year where the teams weren't as good. I mean, like, the, like in the East, they always felt that they could beat any team in the East. You know, in Boston, when they went down 3-2, it, it was like, we can, we, can, we can go to the finals. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that now the Clippers have that edge. It's like, you know what? Even if you match up with us, even if you, uh, you know, I mean, get up on us, if we have the better player in Kawhi, if we have, you know, our good depth and our, our guys are ready, we can still win the series. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. You got, I think Kawhi, his even kill presence does a lot for that team, especially team with known for folding. His his demeanor, I think, is calming. Because 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 so, yeah, I'm, and, and let's look at it's like in the next year with the Jazz, right? Because people think that uh, I won't be shocked the Jazz win. Obviously, I won't be shocked because they the number one seed in the, in the NBA. But but let's look at the Jazz, right? Like let's go into that series, right? We like do the, are the Clippers at a talent disadvantage against the Jazz? No, like, I think I think Kawhi's the best player in the series. But it, I mean, outside of that, like no, from top no, no, to bottom, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty even, right? And right. and the Clippers have the best player in that series, correct? Right. So 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 mentally, why do they feel like they're they, they're going to lose that series, especially after what right. they just been? And the thing, the the, the reason I'm I, I picked Utah, I think, and it's like I'm teetering. Like it's a seven game series to me. I think it's a long series. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to take his step into the like maybe not quite absolute superstardom, but people are going to see he's here in this series. Okay, it won't be like what Luca did, but I think Donovan's going to. I'm not going to say match Kawhi because Kawhi has shown when it's time he can get busy with on an all-time level. And I, you know, I got to see it beyond the first round for Mitchell. So I do this Utah's machine-like offense, right? They're the first day of home court. And going from this series right into Utah in two days with Utah having rest. So I think that's going to give Utah a chance to steal the first game at home and get some momentum. But it absolutely would not surprise me if this series goes seven and if the Clippers win it. Like, it's a pick for me. I'm just leaning Utah based on their continuity. They were like – Memphis is a good defense, and it was just – they flat out – after they figured out that defense, it was 
a wrap. They're just yeah. machines executing. So we'll see. You know, in Utah, I want I want to break this down a little bit, just a little preview. I think in Utah, because um, people talk about Memphis was a good, good defense. In many ways, yes, they have young wings. They have JJJ who can switch a little bit, but JJJ is young. Uh, he's young. He still makes a lot of mental errors. He still struggles with physicality. So, um, you know, those are issues with why he doesn't play at the five like he's supposed to. Then you had Jonas uh, JV. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. He's 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 a good big, you know. If you're playing, if 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 you're playing against a team that likes to attack the paint, uh, JV's a good big for that drop coverage. He uses his size, but Utah, like you said, Matt, it's a math equation on their with their offense. (laughs) Uh, You know, they're gonna use the pick and roll with Rudy, who's a great screener, uh, the the hockey the hockey assist screen champion. You know, I'm saying the MVP (laughs) of that. He, they're gonna use his big body. And they're gonna try and attack the pick and roll. And if you if you drop, you know what I'm saying they're going to um, they're going to just pull up from three. And if you try to if you try to uh, skip past three, <laughs> skip past three. You know what I'm saying. And or um, if you don't if you don't uh, if you try to fight through the screen and you, you know your big is trying to um, your big is trying to do that little you know uh, hedge try to hedge. They could try and beat you off the dribble and go to the hoop and go to the cup. If you're trying to hedge and you know and recover back instead of doing a full committing to a switch. So this is where I've always said all year, any team that has an offense built to switch, and I, I've been saying this all year, will stop Utah. Because if you look at how their offense is run, driving kick, pull up three. That's their that's their main thing. Pull yeah. up three, driving kick, skip pass to the three, off the pick and roll. That's their main offensive action. If you make Utah have to win one on ones and say, "Can your guys beat our defenders?" That's when you start to get, get to them because now it's like they can't do what they want to do. Now every guy has to be an ISO score because if you in that pick and roll, if you switch the pick and roll, that. Like there's no there's no like open open run there's no space in, like in the drop they can't just pull up a three there's a contested there so it it puts a pressure on the ball handler to beat the switch or Rudy Gobert to now be a scorer and yeah, that's exactly that, I was thinking like is and I, I was thinking that's something that Lou might do like if you go on a screen with he will trust like okay I'm gonna put Kawhi down there on the switch or whatever I'm gonna, if Rudy's gonna score on Kawhi in the block or is he do you trust that. Tyloo will absolutely do make Rudy Gobert have to score. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Make about so Rudy Gobert have to score. He'll make Donovan Mitchell have to be a superstar. That's why when you said if Donovan Mitchell, he, you feel like Donovan Mitchell is going to try and take that next step. If he does try to take, if he does take that next step, I can definitely see this going seven Utah win because that's what it's going to take. I told people they're going to have to. Utah's going to have to win one on ones this next right. this next year. And so Clippers you're, you're, have good defenders too. Right. So your 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 prediction for that is Clippers and six. I saw Clippers and yeah, it's Clippers and six because I don't think Utah has the one on one busters like a Harden or a Luca. You know that has been giving these Clippers problems the past two years. Their one on one guys are kind of less. They're less dynamic and easier to guard, which plays into the Clippers' hands, who like to switch and have good you know one on one defenders. Right, I'm gonna go, man. I'm still teetering. Yeah, and then go. counterwise, you know, the Clippers like to shoot the three, and they like right. to shoot the range. That's a that's that's a direct counter to what the Jazz like to run defensively. Right, I'm, like, I'm gonna go, drop. man. Uh, I, I'll go Utah in seven to keep the keep the keep the pod spicy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all right. 
we got that done. That was a good segment because we, we were going to go right to uh, Utah Clippers before you brought it up, so that's perfect. Um, other series that's left in the West, uh, Nuggets and Suns. Um, I got both picks wrong. I picked the Lakers and Portland winning the first round. So I was completely whipped on that side of the bracket. Um, I'm going to lean – I'll take this one first. I'm going to lean Phoenix because – it's the same foundation I had last year. Like, I don't think those guards, the Blazers are so bad to pick. Like, and I say, because I hate giving Dame like slander, because I love Dame. Bay Area yeah. legend. Does so much for the community, but I got to keep it 100. His guard defense was about as bad. Remember that year, hard? Well, I thought it was 14 15 or 13 14. They have like 10 minute videos of hard and just not doing anything on defense, just letting people just go by him. Like, that's the level of defense Dame played this year. You know what I'm saying? So having those guards out didn't matter because the defense was so bad that even the backup guards were able to be effective in that series. Absolutely. So that is where – so it's the same foundation. I think the Phoenix guards are going to beat those backup guards, and I think Aiden's going to do just enough to – you know, you're not going to stop Jokic to make Jokic work for his and wear him down over the course of a series. And I'm going to go Suns in six. I think they have nothing for Devin Booker. I think Paul Chris Paul is going to get a little bit healthier as time goes on with his shoulder. I think those wings got confidence from the Lakers series. So I think Phoenix is kind of, you know, going to go on a roll here and get to the conference finals at least. What do you got? I definitely got Suns and six, Max. Ooh, um, Max, so you, you think it might be a quick I'm one. Te- I'm teetering on picking in five, and, and here's why. You just said the the issues with the guards, right? Like the Phoenix is at a big – advantage with the guards huge advantage with the guards right. so the fact that the guards can lock up on those on those on those guys uh mikhail and cam and crowder are going to give michael porter jr fits if he tries to take them one-on-one right he's not behind one-on-one enough yet to beat those guys consistently so it's going to become down to can joker create can he get the double team to create and this is why i say it's going to be over in five Y'all go back and look at this matchup. I'm telling y'all, look at when, and this is when the Nuggets had Murray. This is when they had, you know what I mean, Murray. I know you go. I know know where you go. (laughs) Go back and look at how Aiden just had Aiden guarded Jokic. I mean, this is this this is the league MVP. He is a center. He shot sub forty percent. It mind you, he took thirty shots on Joe on Aiden, and he shot sub forty percent as a center against Aiden in their matchup data in these games. And each, each one of those games, Phoenix and Denver went to OT uh, or were super close. Uh, I think Phoenix won two of them, if I'm not mistaken, or or Denver went two, but two of them at least went to OT. The last two went to OT. Murray played one, and even the one Devin Booker missed, it still went to OT because Aiden is able to guard Jokic one-on-one. He's able to guard Jokic without you having to send help, and he makes Jokic score inefficiently even to the point where Jokic out his own mouth said Aiden's the one who gives him the most trouble. Scoring one way. Joker said this out his own mouth. So I wasn't lying to y'all on Twitter when I kept telling y'all Aiden is a problem for Jokic. Jokic told you this out his own mouth. So with that said, if Joker cannot create opportunities for the other guys, then this is going to be over quickly. Because I think think the thing with Aiden is like, it's the same, you know, if you look at him through the lens that he was taking over with Luca, you always gonna look at him a certain way. 
But if you just appreciate what he did, this table, you can acknowledge the growth and mm-hmm. the potential. So it depends what lens you want to look at him through. Uh, I, I, I'm in agreement. I think he can make Luke. He can make uh, Jokic work, and I think that's going to ultimately do um, Denver in. Now, what do you if if Denver is going to steal this? Like you know, Denver is a you know they are a resilient team. They find ways. I think you know they were we were having this best player at a playoff discussion, and the reason I didn't put Jokic in there is, and I, is I acknowledge his numbers, but if you just watch how putrid. Portland is defensively. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, it's 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 just so hard to. But I acknowledge it. he's definitely been one of the top three guys in the playoffs. I, you know, I, I gave it to KD and Kawhi first, but you know, I acknowledge Jokic is up there. I said Portland's just probably one of the worst defensive playoff teams I've seen in, in in some years. But um, back to this. Do you feel what what is the avenue you think for Denver to win this series if there is a way? Like, what do they have to do to win? Just to you know, playing devil's advocate for a minute. Jokic has to average thirty to thirty-five points a game, <laughs> and ten and ten assists. Right. Yeah, that's what I think. He has, yeah, exactly. He has, he has to to average triple doubles because because who's gonna Denver, like Phoenix has actual defenders. Yep. So these other guys are not gonna be able to to take those guys and create for themselves. You know what I mean? So now Joker has to not only does he have to score, he has to create for everybody else. So their only path to winning the series is him absolutely dominating Aiden to the point where they have to continuously send help and he's setting everybody else up, which is allowing everybody else to play, you know, with a mismatch, you know, four on three hoop, you know, he passes out, the guy tries to rotate, they they break the guy off the, off the closeout and then they start swinging the ball around. Like it has to be that type of offensive performance from Joker. He has to be lights out. If he, if he does the 25 points, you know, on like 48% or even 50% with like eight assists, they're losing in five minutes. Uh, He basically has to be a king at 95. (laughs) He has to, he has to literally just, he has to literally put up shot number scoring and with 10 assists, he has to do it. Okay. So you you think they're pretty much up against it? Okay. I just, I I just, man, if I knew Portland was going to defend like that, I just, because with Portland, like you had the backup guards in there, but your defense is so bad, those backups were be able to play at a. At a at but maybe I expected that, but you you saw my point was that I felt like Dame would do it, but I didn't know you know he would do what he did in CJ and Robert <laughs> how to play basketball, right? And then he puts up fifty five. Like I didn't expect them to to forget how to play basketball. Like you would think they were the they were like you know. Uh, Schroeder and Kuzma, the way they was playing in, the, in that game, you know what I mean? Like, God damn, I thought you guys had more talent than this. All right. <laughs> All right, last series we break down before we got out of here. Um, Bucks, Nets, game two, we were both pretty hard on Bud uh, <laughs> after game one. Um, what do you expect tomorrow in game two? That's, a, that's the nightcap game tomorrow, I believe. No, it's the first game. It's the first game at 4.30. What do you have what do you want to see from the Bucks tomorrow? Or what do you think, or do you think Brooklyn goes up 2-0? Or what, what do you want to see in that series? I mean, but look, Brooklyn can easily go up 2-0 because <laughs> Coach Buck, it doesn't do anything. I, if he doesn't change what needs to be changed, Brooklyn will go up 2-0. But here's what, what happens if Coach Bud is coaching like his job is on the line. If he's coaching like his job is on the line, he'll play Giannis 38 to 40 minutes minimum right? That'll be great because that'll be the constant rim pressure and physical threat to wear down the Nets. 
Two, you will stop playing Brooke Lopez as much as you do. And that means you'll stop letting KD and Kyrie gain to rhythm. You saw what happens when they had to work on PJ, they had to work on Drew, you know what I mean? And, and there wasn't a Brooke, Brooke Lopez to to in the in the in the paint when you know Giannis at the five, it was a lot different. It was harder because then they had to work for more contested jumpers. Granted, KD and Kyrie did a great job hitting those contested jumpers, but the game was closer. You know what I mean? Right, we're, right. We're making them have to do that, and you weren't giving them easy looks like you did in the third quarter when you let Brook Lopez drop all damn quarter, and then you get ran off the floor in the third quarter. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you have to take Brook Lopez and stop playing. If you want to play a big to alleviate pressure on Giannis, then play Portis. Yeah, I'm going to say Portis. Yeah. He can switch and not be – he can make them have to at least attack the paint on him. You know what I mean? He's not going to let them just you – know, coast into an easy pull-up. He's going to make them have to exert energy to pull out some moves on him. And he's also a physical guy who's going to battle on the boards, going to crash the offensive boards if he's not being put into actions. He's going to space the floor for Giannis. He hits over 40% from three. So, by for goodness sake, if you want to use two bigs, play Portis, bro. Like, he's right. there for a reason. Play Portis. Pull Brooke Lopez from this series. If he, if he does those two things, like, I don't expect Milton to play as bad as he did. I was just going to say that the, the primary thing I'm looking for for the Bucks is your two and three got to play better. Uh, 13 for 42 in the first game. You got six and 19 from Drew, uh, or seven and 19 from Drew, six and 23 from Middleton. Like that, I think that will get better. I think it, it, yeah, that's the thing. I think we all expect that to, to be better, but that, that's not going to matter if you're letting Katie and Kyrie right. do whatever you want. That's why these other adjustments, in my opinion, are more important because if you're letting Katie and Kyrie score with ease, uh, you, you know, Drew can score 20-something. Kate Camille can, can score 20-something. Giannis can have 30. Kyrie and Katie can easily go for 40 each. Right. You know, right. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like yeah. you got to be able to make them work. Yeah, I just I don't think uh, also the I think the the their process has to be a little better too, man. That second quarter when they were, were kind of in control of the game or semi control and it just started jacking the early threes. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think you can do that against this next even if that's a style that like the Bucks fan told us, but that's their quote unquote style. You're not gonna beat Brooklyn playing out. They're just Look, better at it. No one's telling you to not take threes. Just do it off the drive. Yeah, that, that's drive. what I said. They just I said put pressure mm-hmm. on the rim first and force help into in and get an open one. You know what I'm saying? Don't. <laughs> And if they and if like the guy closes out on the first pass out, you swing the ball, like right? you know what I mean. Like you can shoot threes a lot, you know what I mean. Just do it in a way that's more like uh, it's purposeful, that's more strategic. Right, right. Make Brooklyn have to wait, exert energy defending your drive. Then you kick out to an open look. That first guy has to rotate over. If he does make it, swing it again. Make them have to keep moving. Don't come out and bail them out with a terrible ass shot. Then you brick. They didn't exert any energy. And guess what? Now they're run, now they're running back with their shooters, and they're gonna put one up. And look, I don't care what any analytics show <laughs> in terms of Milwaukee being a better shooting team than Brooklyn. You're not gonna convince me that Connington, right? <laughs> Holiday shoot better than Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, and Kevin Durant. Let's be real, guys. Like, like, like let's 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 contextualize the data. And, <laughs> right. and now let's come to the series and now let's actually analyze the talents. Because like so, like, so like people are saying, there has to be a reason the variance of Milwaukee always turns to crap when they're playing a great team. And it does that because you have to contextualize who they're playing in the regular season as opposed to who they play when they come head to head. Right. So you're not going to outshoot KD and Kyrie. I'm sorry. You're not going to do that. 
and I agree. So, fans two and with Joe Harris, come on, come on, y'all. Let's 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 stop. Let's stop. Hey, I, uh, your prediction: one one or two zero nets. For the Milwaukee's sake, it has to be one one. I mean, I'm not confident because, I, like I said, Maples they should win, but they have Coach Bud. For Milwaukee's sake, it should be one one. I'm gonna go one one. I think the adrenaline of not having heart and those guys stepped up. I don't think those guys are going to have those out-of-body performances again. Blake had a uh, turn-back-the-clock game. Mike James went crazy. So I'm going to go 1-1 Milwaukee, but it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you know, Giannis plays 34 minutes again opposed to 38-40 to see it. (laughs) See it uh, 0-2 come on the board. Um, (laughs) Make sure – you can follow, subscribe on the pod, rate it, rate it, rate it. Please give us honest feedback. We respond um, on the time in the Apple Store. You can get feedback. We check that out. We appreciate that on the timeline. We respond to feedback. Uh, we appreciate you guys tapping in again. The love you guys showed when uh, we were down for a couple weeks because I was out of town, so you didn't get one for fourteen days. Uh, I appreciate that. It shows you guys were had your ear to the ground waiting for us to drop. That that means a lot to us. So uh, we appreciate that. Uh, find us on Spaces this week after a couple of these playoff games. And uh, be safe, and we are out of here. Yes, sir. Peace, y'all.